mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com Hello and welcome to Sentimental Garbage, the podcast where we talk about the culture we love that society sometimes makes us feel ashamed of. My name is Caroline, and I'm sexy, I'm cute, I'm popular to boot, and she's bitchin', great hair, the boys all love to stare in Tessa Coates! Oh my god, I'm shaking <laughs> with excitement. Oh, I didn't know that was coming and I really loved it. Just want, I want, you want to be introduced by a, by a peppy rhyme Every, mm. whenever you're brought on to something, any talk, any panel... Just there should oh, be a little cheer just yeah. for you. Whoa, 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 Whitney. Torrance. <laughs> yeah, kick it, Torrance. And I'm big red. red. <laughs> oh, mamma mia. Mama oh, mamma mia. mia. This is a spicy <laughs> meatball today. Oh, gosh. Bring it on. The first movie. Mm-hmm. All of the other movies are uh, available readily for streaming. Are um, they really? But uh, it, Bring It On, for some reason, has become very difficult to find. It's been stripped from all the streaming platforms. Um, people message me. I will send you the illegal download link. I will feel not bad about it because they have made it difficult to find. But very demanded um, on this podcast. And Is it really? Yeah, it really is. People do be coming for the Bring It On. Um, and something that had a profound effect on you, Tessa Coates. It absolutely did. I can't believe you can find the others the uh, the six do you mean the others bring it ons yeah they, the, they, they <laughs> desperately want you to watch the other bring it on where movies. are they they're all over Netflix they're all over Amazon stop it you can watch them they're they're flinging those at you because they're made by the same production company so I cannot so, believe that they aren't I Why I don't understand the vague, the vagaries of streaming laws oh, Beacon Pictures get your act together <laughs> if I may just say what the sequels are called uh, <laughs> bring it on again. Bring it on, all or nothing. Bring it on, in it to win it. Bring it on, fight to the finish. Bring it on, worldwide cheer, smackdown. Wow. <laughs> and then the made-for-TV film um, where they pivot. Those other movies were made for theatres? <laughs> That's correct. <laughs> um, no, they were directed, but this one was a TV film. I don't know what the distinction is there. Please do write in. I, I won't mind. Um, and they pivot now into horror. Uh, bring it on, what? cheer or die. Yeah, 2022. Mother of God. So I haven't seen Cheer or Die, but I have seen all the others. Okay. Yeah. Wow. They are they are atrocious. And not even like yum, 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 trash, 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 atrocious. Oh, I thought we were in trouble. Um, yeah, not not fun, tra- not fun, atrocious, truly just, atrocious. Just poor. Just so poor. Just right. almost unwatchable. And so when you watch those unwatchable films... Mm. What feeling are you trying to capture? What like what are you trying to do to your brain that brings you back to the year two thousand? Okay, okay, I can't. I cannot actually find in my mind the first time I watched Bring It On. I have no recollection of it. Mm-hmm. But from that moment to this, every moment of my life, <laughs> every piece of my work, every uh, every aspect of my 
my pursuit into performance and storytelling and wanting to create things, every single moment is chasing the feeling of the beat dropping when they go to see the clovers for the first time and they go and the noise goes. Now, unfortunately, as will become apparent through this podcast, I cannot sing and I cannot make any kind of musical rhythm or beat. So when you're like, what the fuck is that? Like, please, can you can you add it in or will you be in licensing trouble? Oh, that's kind of, I don't know. Okay, so if it does work, here it comes. <laughs> and then they do this action. <laughs> yeah, they arms up. Yeah, yeah. And then they go, and they and you. Oh my god! And they're beating the the on the floor of the gym, and you're like, and you're. It's electric. It is. It is electric. Electric. And the thing is, you've been impressed up until that point. Mm. Like mm. you, you're so ready to believe because the the entire film begins with almost like this Shakespearean prologue mm. of like who we are, where we are. These are the Toros. Here's the here's all the characters and like it, you know with the the chant I just did at the beginning. Yeah, and that, now here they all are. And now I pass the torch. This is the captain yeah, you, for the first time. Yeah, I'm retiring. The whole thing. Exactly. And so, and like we're already impressed by that. We're already in. We already know the, all of the stakes of the film. Two minutes in, we watch them do their thing. We're astounded by their athleticism it's all this very clean white Californian mm-hmm. it's very a predecessor to like the OC I think and One Tree mm-hmm. Hill like I think like definitely One Tree Hill was like cribbing off of that That the, everyone's house is massive like mm. oh gosh yes in a way that in other Californian high school movies feels like oh yeah everyone in the world is just rich and that's just how it is mm. but in Bring It On is very deliberate because it is about class and race boundaries and mm-hmm, like and mm-hmm. appropriation and all these very complicated things that are portrayed in this incredibly entertaining way so you already believe these are the best athletes in their field mm-hmm. and the first time you go into that gym to see the clovers they just leave them in the dust it's the first you're it's oh gosh <laughs> gosh that's exactly it because up until that point in the movie You've been content. You you are you're watching, and there's not any other doubt in your mind. So the shaking the table with enthusiasm, <laughs> but like you aren't you aren't thinking, oh, when's the twist happening, or when are we going to mm. up the stakes or anything? You're like, yep, this is a cheerleading movie. Yeah, they've lost someone. They have to bring this girl in. It's going to be about she's this. struggling. She's, she's anxious. Yeah, we're bringing this outside. There's a new girl. Yeah, that oh. she's rich too. She's rich too. <laughs> yeah, the whole thing. Like you're like, yeah, this is the. This is the story. And then when we drive to Compton and we see the Clovers, it it blows the whole thing wide yeah. open. And also you, those girls are so much better, like like yeah. breathtakingly better than the Toros. Like it leaves them so like embarrassingly standing yeah. behind and it's bringing this level of like of passion and skill and in their their feeling it in their soul in the way that the Toros are just like going through the motions because they're hot girls and they're going to be fine for the rest of their lives yeah. like this is something like oh my goodness it's, it's something deeper it's something mm. it's like because the Clovers are not getting um, trophies for this or accolades for this because mm. as we learn later in the film they don't have the resources to enter these competitions that the Toros are it's like they're doing it for their team they're mm. doing it for their community for the people around them and it makes it like it's so, it's just in the performance, like the, oh God, I'm very, very excited, <laughs> very moved. It's just in their every movement, every, just like they, they, they're doing it and they mean it. Mm. 
which and like you didn't even realize the Toros didn't mean it beforehand. You didn't know. That's the thing. Yeah. You didn't know up until that point. It has not been like this is a this is a shitty team of white girls. You you haven't set that premise out at all. No. You're just like we're following them on their journey to nationals. Will yeah. they make it? You know, yeah, we're, yeah, we're, yeah. And we're and we're in as well. Like she we, already has enough obstacles before the clovers exactly, even show exactly. up. There are already obstacles. We've got this crappy boyfriend. We've got this stuff. We've got the you know the the, the part of the team hate her. Yeah. You know, we've lost a girl on day one trying to do the illegal wolf wall pyramid. You know. <laughs> It's it's all go already, and and I think that's part of its magic is that you know it has its one foot um, in or outside the door, in you know it, it's the um, don't hate us because we're beautiful because we don't like you either. Like it's yeah. already gently pushing at the edge of like what a cheerleader is and be like we're yeah. hot, but I'd be like but you're like but that isn't what it's about. And then oh my, but it's like it's so because okay, this movie I I'll be honest with you. Mm-hmm. Never thought about it, really. Mm -hmm. And if I did think about it, I probably had seen it at a couple of sleepovers. Mm -hmm. But my main association was the girls in my school who were just kind of dicks. Okay. Really loved it. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't mean popular girls. I mean dicks. You know, just like they were all the sort of... It was like those same girls, I remember, when Mean Girls came out a few years later, they missed the point of Mean Girls and they started keeping a burn book. Do you know what I mean? Absolutely. (laughs) Yes. But there was like all the mean chants that you're going to pump our gas someday. They yeah. would just like scream at you in the playground for no reason. Oh, and no. you'd be like, you guys suck. <laughs> so I just sort of associated it with girls who suck. Okay. Okay. Which, I understand. And so I watched it for the first time, like properly with like both eyes on the screen, not walking in and out of a room that it was on in mm-hmm. um, last night. And I was like, oh my God, this it's just, a, it's a film like about integrity and sportsmanship and creativity and. Be- learning how to be a leader, learning how to be a teammate, all these amazing things, and also about teenage girls. Mm-hmm. Like, when is there a teenage girl movie about the concept of integrity? A hundred percent. Like, there are some really fantastic lines in it, and I think that's why the following six movies, which are which exist in the same universe, in the sense that they exist on planet Earth, but they, otherwise <laughs> there's no there's no 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 characters. Follow on, like no plot is the same. They're simply of the Bring It On universe. Um, why they're sort of so gross to watch is because they are about nothing. They are about like a bit about one of them's got Rihanna in it. Like, you know, they're they're about cheerleading. They're like maybe we do this illegal stunt. Sometimes they're about like two competitive teams coming together, but they aren't about this like solid base of humanity, which is in Bring It yeah. On, the the OG. Because this one has some amazing lines in it like so right at the you know so when they're so the the clovers can't go to nationals because they can't afford to it and the team are celebrating the toros are celebrating because they're like great that they aren't going uh, therefore ergo we win yeah and um torrance shipman cousin dunce says i believe i consider being the best to going out there and beating the best. Mm. And so it's empty. It'd be a hollow victory to win if they aren't there. Yes. And so she believes very firmly that like they should, they should go um, so that she can beat them, you know, Mm. that, and, and, and then at the end, um, the, the, sorry to be a spoiler here, but the Clovers win at nationals when it's between, and the, the commentator is like, and it was between these two teams and it was, this was really tough. So you're like, who's it going to be? And the Toros come second. And so you look to Kirsten Dunst to be like, uh, like yeah. what should we feel and actually it's not her line it's um, one of the mean cheerleaders who sort of sat on a boy's shoulders who's like guys 
second place you know yeah. and it's like oh my god fuck yeah second place like that's amazing we made it all the way to nationals we overcame all these things we we got we learned to be a team we, we, we team. made our own like choreography for the first time we got screwed over and we thought we couldn't do it and now here we are and we we all gave our heart and soul and we came second and that's amazing because yeah. it's about it's about the transfer it's about like um those the two kind of main characters that we're following is missy who's the eliza dushku character mm-hmm. Um, I imagine, I think it's just an enormous lesbian awakening for many, many girls out there. Holy fuck. Holy fuck. When she goes, uh, my school had no gymnastics squad. This is a last resort. I was like, I, I was like, I wish to be, I'm I like, wish, I, what I, I want I to want from, you? from Los Angeles. Then she uh, takes her keys off her belt oh, when they are, and she yeah. sort of throws them on a the table in a way that I found very confusing and overwhelming. Like, it, yeah. I was like, God, that's hot. God. Everything about everything she does is so fucking hot, and their 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 chemistry is like, when are you gonna kiss? Yeah, please kiss. When are you gonna? Don't and like, kiss the brother. The, the brother who I is, I find very cute, but is mm. still just like, what is the closest male actor that we can find that is basically like a, a, a like tracing paper over Eliza Dushku yeah. that we can just make the hair short? Um, mm. Because you know, culture wasn't ready. No, um, it wasn't. But it would be now. And um, but so you're following. Um, Missy mm-hmm. and Torrance. All, they all have improbable names. Oh, um, insane. And like Gabrielle Union's character is called Isis. No. Yeah. That's but, insane. But we'll get to her. So you're mostly following those two girls and it's great. It's this great writing, great story arc planning because it's... um. It's Torrance learning how to be a leader mm-hmm. and it's Missy learning how to be on a team. Mm-hmm. And the sort of the the love you can build by being a part of something. And she's a very cynical character who holds herself apart from everything. And actually, it's that, about that beautiful feeling when you overcome your sort of urge to be ironic and sarcastic and mm-hmm. the whole thing is apart from you. And to just commit, to commit to the bit. Yeah. And when she commits to the bit of being a cheerleader, she just is so happy. Yeah. But she's still herself, yes. you know? <laughs> Yes, and then you got Kirsten Dunst like learning how to be a leader, but it's also it's about the whole team learning how to be a whole team. Mm-hmm. Like when they like how to make decisions as a team, how to like choreograph, how to you know learning what they think is right. You know, it's just so important. It's, it's, oh my god, it's wonderful! It's absolutely wonderful, and I think that's why it stands the test of time. Is because it sat on a. I have this theory about storytelling that's like you gotta have a, a sto- every story is like a, a pizza and you've got this very boring dough mm-hmm. that is gonna be about something in profound like grief or a man getting his wife back or um or integrity or loyalty all of these things if you serve just that in a restaurant everyone will be like ugh yeah. this is horrible <laughs> and then on, but on top of that you have to put the cheese and tomato and the sweet corn or whatever you like on your pizza um, which is like character and bits and flash and I think the cheese in this is there's cheerleading and, yeah, go- yeah. and amazing routines and glitter and girls are jumping in the air and short skirts and very very white shoes and like all this stuff that you're like I want to be part of it um and and I think what how the other ones suffer is that they're simply cheese and ham. Just and you like you can't eat that. You can't, you can't eat that, that for an hour and a half. Come, it's all slopping around. Yeah, it's nothing. You can't come together. And it's not burnt enough. Your lip. Yeah. <laughs> you burnt your lip. And, <laughs> and you feel sick. And like and it's like that's it's not and I guess with the other ones they were just like, I don't know, girls just like chili ding, just do that. It's like yeah. that's not enough. It's not enough yeah. just to have a skirt and a and a and thing and, and do a um a show and go. It re- show and go. <laughs> it's yeah, it just it's so in a way that's very different to the teen movies of the time, which I know everyone loves. Like, we all love 10 Things I Have About You. We all love mm-hmm. these movies um, or Clueless or whatever. 
it's really about things. You know, like mm-hmm, it mm-hmm. is about things. It is a film about cultural appropriation. Oh, before that term was like in use. Well, yeah, before that was a thing. We don't ever say the word race. We don't say the word cultural appropriation. Yeah. We use the phrase like uh, it's not cheating. It's winning and, yeah. and things like that that we while discussing something massive you know yeah. and 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 really racial and really huge and and the idea that like can you just take things and i think you see it to sort of with um i see it a lot with um the girl that jimmy i don't have any of the correct names here but okay. a tiktok star mm-hmm. jimmy fallon let on jimmy fallon okay. to do a series of tiktok routines oh, right. the sort of 10 second you know the the bits. Dancing bits. The dance bits. Yeah. And he was sort of holding up a sign and they and it was the name of the dance. I don't know. I couldn't tell you what any of them are. Okay. I don't follow the, the dance culture on TikTok. Mm-hmm. But what I did follow was when that video went viral. I mean, she is a very attractive, thin, white girl in high-waisted jeans who's just like doing the dances in this yeah. like very empty way. She's hitting her moves. She's doing it on yeah. the count. And she's very famous. But they none of them are hers. And there was this huge like thread of people again I don't know any of these players but I was really listening to the discourse that was like you didn't invent any of these dances and then people were putting up like side by side videos of her doing them and the original people Mm. and uh, largely the original people weren't white and and so obviously there's like an element of that there but mostly they were just done with like so much passion and and soul and and spirit and that that's completely lacking in this like empty headed like vapid thin girl on Jimmy Fallon yeah yeah yeah, that's like it's such a it's so interesting because like cultural appropriation would then go on to become this incredibly huge conversation mm-hmm, mm-hmm. that I think all creators are asking themselves. Right. And all people who absorb art are asking themselves about. And it's this very elastic thing. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm so bad. Just kicking and whacking things. It's this very elastic thing. It's this very elastic argument. And like, I think I think young people, particularly online, they love to point it out kind of thing mm-hmm. I, which I get when you sort of are given um, some tools as a young person to like identify things you then go around labelling things kind of thing and and I think they'll just see someone that they'll that doing something and they're like ah, or yep. whatever and, and <laughs> I got one I got one I caught them all yeah <laughs> um, and I think the the nuance that is sometimes lost of the essence of cultural appropriation um, not that I'm an expert is that you are taking something from someone and you are getting famous off it. You are making the money out of it. You are producing capital and taking it from someone who is not getting any, mm-hmm, you mm-hmm, know? Mm-hmm. And that is exactly the the thing that you see here. This is not girls dancing in their back gardens. Like, that would be a different thing, you know what yeah. I mean? Or dancing for each other or having seen a routine and then copying it for fun. Mm-hmm. These are people who are like getting scholarships they are getting huge trophies they are getting money they are mm-hmm. getting resource they are getting kind of a local fame stealing you know yeah and they're disgusted by it but there's this thing there's this conversation she has with her boyfriend early on um where he's like everyone does it everyone does it you yeah. know it's fine and like that and it's, it's this interesting thing or like that probably is the way he's thinking about it it's like, yeah we're all we're all competing. Mm-hmm. We're all thing. We're all going to the same competitions and things and whatever. We're all seeing stuff, which is how creatives work. Like you're a comedian, you might, you know, without even realizing, see Nish Kumar do a joke or whatever, and mm. the intonation might be very inspiring to you, and you'll mm-hmm. pick that up and whatever. And so that's what he's talking about. But what she's like, no, we're taking this from people who don't have a platform. The the, the, the playing field is not level in any way. And that's actually a thing she says to her dad when she's begging him for his company to sponsor mm-hmm. the um, the Clovers. 
where she's like, come on, dad, le- level playing field and all that. So she, you can tell it's so clever writing. She's like parroting a rhetoric back to him that she's obviously heard, but we, the audience, haven't, you know? A hundred percent. A hundred percent. It's it's sort of an amazing piece of work. And I think like if um, it was written today, it it would be way on the nose. Yeah. And it would yeah. it would just come out and like boldly say its opinions. Yeah, exactly. You know, it would just it would have them. And um, but it's subtler because it was a subtler conversation at the time because it wasn't a conversation that everybody was having. You're so right. You're so right. It wasn't as massive. The uh, Jessica uh, Bendinger, who is the writer, is a former journalist and music video director mm. who originally pitched the idea of the film as uh, called it Cheer Fever, and she pitched it as Clueless meets Strictly Ballroom, set at the National High School Cheerleading Championships, because she herself was obsessed with watching cheerleading competitions on ESPN. Gorgeous, um, and and the the, the sorry the films uh, themes were informed by Bendinger's experience as a white writer covering hip hop artists at music magazine Spin, a oh. predominantly white publication. And she said, having seen white kids emulating hip hop moves at those cheer competitions, I thought, well, what if? And I started asking questions until I got if, until I got to what if the best team in the country has been stealing their routines, um, and what if that squad oh, can finally wow. show up and compete for their crown? And then this is something to. Um, keep in your back pocket next time you get rejected from from anything um the pitch was passed over 28 times 28 times gorgeous gorgeous but i think it's very interesting that like she it was always something that she was very profoundly experiencing and and witnessing really as, and witnessing, as an onlooker yeah. you know and also obviously feeling herself of being like i'm a white journalist in a, this yeah. privileged position at a largely white magazine but what we're talking about and what we're making capital on yeah. um is is not our of our own creation and yet we're the ones making money. Oh. And it's a movie <laughs> with Kirsten Dunst about cheerleading. Right? It's like a, it's amazing. And on top of all that and like you said yeah that that's the that's the dough. That's like, the dough. That's the, but also just the way it's fucking shot, man. It's 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 slick as shit. <laughs> like it's really it's it's also like it's absolutely classic um storytelling of like the presenting of the quest, the rejection of it, the crossing yeah. the threshold. You know, you're doing mm. you're hitting all those beats. You're moving at real speed and each scene like does its job of being like we move the plot forward but it's also like funny or amazing or or romantic yeah. or, or or does its job in you know it's there's no there's no wheat there's no wheat on that bone as we famously <laughs> famous say saying. there's no fat on that steak i don't know what the phrase is no fat on the bone no fat on that bone yeah. you know like we're going so we're going it's work and like especially it really like it's dances like those things are so hard to shoot mm-hmm, <laughs> like, mm-hmm. like I think with those and I, what's interesting as well is looking at bringing it on in a post cheer world mm-hmm, by mm-hmm. which is I mean the um, Netflix documentary that came out a couple of years ago that it was, I think it happened right as the pandemic was settling in mm-hmm. so like everybody was watching it yep. and um, and everyone kind of got even if they'd never seen Bring It On they got to grips very quickly with the fact that oh these are professional athletes mm-hmm. this is the combination of dance and gymnastics this is clearly very difficult there are people like having very real injuries on this you know this is like like any other sport and so like watching bring it on in a post sheer world where we already accept that this is an athletic sport um, and then and like then you watch bring it on explain that to you that it really is a sport mm-hmm. and this is a sports movie with all the same underdog oh, overdog sort of um, journeys in it. But what you learn watching Cheer is that like those 
sequences, especially when they're doing the big competitive dances, so hard to shoot because there's so much going on. That your eye, you have to like train the watcher, the viewer, where their eye should go. You know. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, uh, completely. And even if you have watched here, by the time they do get to Daytona, watching that routine on the mat is actually quite hard to watch because yeah. it's only one static angle. Yeah. And you're like, and then when you, and so, and you know, and now we're going to sort of open a door here into the revelation that I'm also a competitive cheerleader. But when you actually see a routine with your own eyes, you're like, that was very boring. <laughs> That was, and quite hard to watch, truth be told. Okay. Whereas when you're watching do amazingly in the run-up to it, and what Bring It On Simile did, is have all these incredible camera angles, particularly one in the air. So when they're doing their basket toss, which when they're throwing that tiny girl very, mm-hmm. very high, she's like rotating in slow motion, like right at the, she's yeah. hitting her mark, like just in front. It's, it's really impressive, like technically impressive what they've done. And to make you feel not as though you're watching, but as though you're like part of the routine. Like you're in it, you're on the map with them. You're you're doing it. Mm. Um, whereas, like, I think if you watch um, when when you get to Daytona and cheer, this is the time when now the cameras, the, the documentary crew, no longer have access to the cameras, so they're having to work with what the ESPN, mm. what the the static cameras that are already there, and you lose and you see then how much work they've done in the rehearsal to make it look as amazing as it does, which it is amazing, but it's just hard to, it's hard to shoot. So we have to. And now, we have, do- and now we shuffle into the we corridor. Sh- I've opened the Tessa door and we'll shuffle in. Is a competitive cheerleader. Yeah. yeah. Which, listening to your voice, I imagine will confuse a lot of people because I don't think most people think there is cheerleading in England. <laughs> oh, let me tell you. Okay, so, and again, a thing also I didn't think. So I I may sort of bring it on like an aspect of my personality. <laughs> sort of in the final year of school, Um and uh, and then went away to. But you grew up in like, the countryside. So this has always confused me. Yeah, yeah. You grew yeah. up in like the, the horse countryside. That's correct. Um, and so you got into your final year of school with who? Myself. Like I just was like into it. Okay. Okay. So you were watching it on TV. Yes. Or, yeah. Okay. Yeah. 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 Well, you have the internet by this point, so you can you can seek the stuff out. No, no, no. I wasn't watching anyone else doing it. Like I was just, well, I was watching Bring It On. Okay. And the Bring It On again, Bring It On, Fight to the Finish, Bring It On, Cheer Smackdown. You know, I was just, uh-huh. I was just involved in the culture. And then this is also a similar time that um, Heroes comes out, the TV show Heroes. Oh, Hayden Panettiere. Hayden Panettiere, who actually, Panettiere. <laughs> Hayden, pa- Hayden Panettiere. Panettiere Panettone is, uh, <laughs> and amazingly, she is on, she is in um, Bring It On All or Nothing. Oh yes, I remember the box art. Yes. Yeah. So mm. she um she is the captain in Bring It On All or Nothing and one of her teammates uh, both of them in basically their costume from Bring It On All or Nothing are cast both of them very short amount of time later in Heroes. Mm-hmm. In in sort of insanely. That's very mad. It's a, a real odd yeah. to take two of them off the team and to have this this uniform this red and white uniform that is basically identical. Anyway, so she's in Heroes. So then again, back the, you know, Save the Cheerleaders, Save the World became back to the mm-hmm. forefront. This is all in my final year. And um, I'm not doing anything with it apart from just everybody knows I liked it. And um, so we now, when I leave school and I um, have a year before I go to university and I spend a bit of that time in Canada, and um, which is where my dad is from. And I was living with my auntie in Vancouver and my uncle had season tickets to the... I'm going to get them wrong, but I think they're called the BC Lions. I'm sorry if you're a fan um, who are a football team. But what the BC Lions had was um, a cheerleading team. 
And when they came, so we went to watch, and when they came out on the pitch for the first time, this is the first time I'd ever seen cheerleading in real life. I lost my goddamn mind. And then I were they good? I don't remember. They were just hot. I think they hot were and hot. together. And hot and together and sparkly and shiny and yeah. smiling. And I yeah. just wanted to be, I wanted to be part of it. And then, and then this is when we take a turn to be like, sorry, is um, I go and work um, in a ski resort and I tell people, <laughs> sorry, I just was a fucking idiot. I was 19. I tell people I was a dancer with the BC Lionesses. I say oh. that out loud. That's so sweet. I know, it's insane. so sweet. This is a sort of pre-internet time which like... Yeah. Because if you said that now, someone it would take someone two seconds to be like... What are you, 18, 19? I'm 18, I'm 18 years that old. That is peak liar, liar. face. You're just saying any old... And then I meet... In fact, she's Irish. And I meet this fantastic girl called Kleena who was so wonderful. And she just saw through my bullshit immediately. And she was like, no, you're fucking not. No, you're not. And I was like, yes, I, yes, I was. Because when other people ask me questions about it, I just said, I just made up this whole life, all this thing I'd done. She was like, that's not true. Like, <laughs> that's not true. You're lying. You're lying. And then Spoof. I, you know, and then she sort of grilled me on it for a bit until I was like, yeah, I am lying. I'm a damn dirty liar. I'm a dirty liar. She was like, I love it. Um, and we became like great friends. Are you still friends with her? I was until, yeah, like only in like Facebook yeah, sense. But I always yeah. keep up with what she's doing a little bit. Clean we wish you well. Oh, clean out. I wish you so well. And I really would like to hang out again. I like, oh, God, she was so fantastic. And she really took me under her wing. And she was a little bit older than me. And she really, she, it was a really formative time for me because she really um, sort of smacked the bullshit out of me of being like, you've got plenty going on. You don't need to be just saying things like you're in the BC Lionesses. Oh. She's like, just stop this. Anyway, she was so fantastic. So anyway, I, I'm still reading for my BC Lionesses experience. I, I... Yeah, I'm in Canada and I go to university for the first time and I'm still set in the clear information that like cheerleading exists in America and nowhere mm-hmm. else. And I get to university and I get to the Freshers Fair. And where are you going to university now? Durham. Durham. <laughs> Durham. Oh, God. I, I had a nice time. Um, I get to the Freshers Fair. There's a cheerleading team. Oh, my God. And I just couldn't believe it. And people are avoiding the table like the plague. <laughs> so what do they look like? What does it set me like... Paint the picture for me. <laughs> they have like branded jackets on. Oh, sorry. I see what they're physically wearing. They're yeah. in their uniforms, which yeah. is a, okay, a white, very tight white polar neck. Mm-hmm. And then a crossed um, silver and purple uh, crop top affair. Mm-hmm. So the sleeves are out, but you've got your white polar neck underneath. Yeah. And then a high-waisted purple skirt that's in pleats with a silver trim on it. Elegant. Ele- really elegant. But the skirt, the, the it looks like you're almost in a dress because the two pieces elegantly fit together and mm-hmm. they meet and they're very elegant and they're in bright white socks and uh, bright white shoes. And what are they called? The Durham Divas. Yes. <laughs> yeah. I would like to be a Durham Diva. Yes. yes. It's also what I whisper. I'm like, yes. <laughs> And so you are pulled by magnets. I'm pulled by magnets to be like, please, please, exactly. please. I go to the tryouts mm. and they swiftly identify that I can't move or dance or oh. certainly can't cartwheel. I can't do any of the things. And I remember going home and kicking myself. And I was All like, these years you're watching Bring It On, you never I thought been, going to a dance class I should be training, class obviously. Or... Yeah, I, this is the voices in my head. But at the time I was like, I didn't think it would ever actually happen. 
Right, right. So how I, could you know? How could I know this was going to happen? Why didn't I spend all this time training? To which mm. you might say, well, you obviously don't actually like gymnastics or dance enough to have pursued it in any way. To which I would say, touche. <laughs> and also, I'm not very good. <laughs> but you got on the team. So, I don't make the team. Okay. But I join the vast the, the, the junior team, the, the secondary team. And... Um, I go to one practice and they were just, so, they were so, I'm like, I'm not doing this again. This is ridiculous. I'm not being on the, the sub squad for the cheerleading, uh-huh. but I'm, I remain on the email chain. Okay. And come uh, the beginning of the end of the Easter holidays or our third, second term now, I'm a fresher, it's my second term. And um, we get this email that's like, basically all the third years get to sort of Easter term and realize they've just done cheerleading for three years and have forgotten to in any way practice for their exams. And so they all quit the team. <gasps> So there's like been a dearth of people leaving and they say, the email goes out to the people on this email chain of the junior squad. Yeah. Of which I have been a silent observer for many months now. Right, right. Auditions will be at this time come along (gasps) to training. And I've now made friends with a girl who is on the squad. Right. And so I say, please can I come to training? I'm going to come along to the audition. And we've been like rehearsing like mad. She's been (gasps) teaching me. We've been practicing. She's quickly identified. I can't really do anything, but we can do some of the arms and the stuff. And we're like trying to do it. And she's like, okay, "Okay, what can you do? I remember her being like, can you do a standing back tuck? And me being like, yeah. (laughs) And then she was like, go on then. I was like, oh, okay. You can't just. Oh, I see. You can't just keep lying. You can't just keep saying things. (laughs) But I was slightly more agile than I am now and I could have like given the splits a go and I could do a bit, you know, but it wasn't good. <laughs> anyway, we get along to it. I've been training for a week. We get along to the day and the captain comes up to me and then someone was like, this is Tessa. She's here to try out for the team to be a replacement. And I was like, yes, just wherever you'd like me to go, I'll do it. You know, I'd, I'd love to show you what I can do. <laughs> oh. And she was like, are you free on April the 4th? And I was like, um, yep. And then she was like, great, you're on the team. Go and stand <gasps> over there. And I was like, oh, my God. Oh, my God. And I remember calling my mum and being like, whatever we're doing on April 4th, I'm not doing it. I've got to go to Birmingham to nationals. And so then I I make the team. And then once I was in it, again, they've clearly identified that I can't do it and I'm nothing but a detriment to the team. (laughs) But by this point... You've got spirit. I I got so much spirit and I want it so badly, but that is not enough. But these girls are just too nice to kick me out. And they're like, okay, she can stay. A rare narrative you hear about cheerleaders. Yeah, I guess so. They just like couldn't... I think they had subtly suggested it to me several times and I hadn't taken the hint. And so they just let me come back. I just think they thought I would go on my own accord, but I was like, I love it too much. So second year, I come back and... Are you doing any gymnastics or dance training? No, I'm going to training twice a week, but otherwise Uh I'm not doing anything outside of that. (laughs) Uh, my my brain keeps wanting to shape this into like and then at night she stretches and does uh, goes on the balance beam and she rents out a big gymnastic hall and she trains herself (laughs) and and, and a beautiful boy from the wrong side of the tracks comes in and helps you but none of that is happening because life is not a movie none of that is happening yet but hold your horses so the captain does not like me understandably i am bringing her team down you're a detriment to the team she she keeps being like who can do a round off and i say yes and then she's like right (laughs) i sort of do a round off and she's like okay that's not a round off (laughs) you know they're all just like what is this girl doing here why is she so bad but we can't get rid of her (laughs) anyway they okay so she makes there's 25 people on a on a team of which you would compete at regionals and then nationals three times a year. Um, we don't have Daytona in the same way in the UK, but we do have a cheerleading association, of which you'd be surprised to see that most universities have a competitive cheerleading team. 
So you have 25 people made up of five separate stunt groups. Mm -hmm. So your stunt group would be your front base, your back base, your side and your flyer. There's your okay. five. Of which I was a back base by sheer virtue of being very tall. Mm -hmm. And um, she, there's several people she doesn't like in the team. Me, most of all. And she puts us right at the back. Like, we're back of the formation, where she makes this new squad, five of us, puts us right at the back. We're barely visible. <laughs> we're hopeless. It's me, two girls she doesn't like, um, there's a, this new girl, and then our new girl, who's an incredibly ama ama amazing gymnast, but very, very shy. And again, it's completely, your school has no gymnastic team. This is a last resort. She's come to, she doesn't really want to be part of a team, but she is here. Mm -hmm. And she's so scared. And every time we have to go in the air, and, and going in the air is really high and very tricky to do. Mm. She cr cries. And Aww. she's so overwhelmed and upset. And then, you know, our captain is just like, oh, Jesus Christ, this, this team is a disaster. This poor girl is really going through it, this captain. The cap, well, she, yeah, she's really going through it. And she's like, Christ, they're hopeless. And I remember one time she really like snapped at us to be like, oh, of course they can't do it. Like, really. So then the five of us, we start practicing. <gasps> We now the training now montage. the training bit montage begins. Yes. We start renting out the hall. We start going to. We get the sprung floor gymnastic mat. We we go in like we 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 start doing it like late at night. Like after everyone's finished, we go in like really late oh. at night. Just the four, five of us, and we start doing it. And we train. Her name was Emily, the amazing gymnast, and we train her up. And so she gets more and more <gasps> confident. And I get better and better. And I work out the counts because the counts are five, six, seven, eight, one, two, three, four, five, six. But I remember yeah. the first time when they were like, and now lead the count. And I remember being like. One and two and three and <laughs> four. Mr. Steps. And they were like, who the fuck are you? So you're starting with five. So I, I, le I learned to count. I learned to get my rhythm correct. Um, they teach me like where I'm going wrong in all the dance things. I'm constantly going backwards. We like, we teach each other to like, to do it. And then we we don't like show what we can do. It like takes us months to like get good. And then, yeah. and then we've, we learn how to do this like extra amazing stunt move. And the whole team, the captain's like, who taught you to do that? And we're just like, we just worked out how to do it, oh. and then, um, and then we um, we secretly. So now she's furious. You should really be pitching this, by the way. <laughs> you should really be Another, pitching like, this movie. Our amazing, like shy flyer is like, you know, at the top of the basket because it's so high. How have to you go? And and when somebody, I remember saying to her, somebody said, I overheard. Oh God! Somebody said to her, "How are you so confident going that high?" And she didn't know I could hear her, and she said. Because I know Tessa will catch me, like, oh, and it Tessa. and it was like, oh, this I can't move and I can't dance, but I'm going to catch you. Like I will get you, no matter what. And what we had was this like intense trust that was like, oh. we're going up and and you're coming down safely, and I'm going to get you. And um and that and so, so we got like so good at stunting, which is the the flipping bit, the the yeah. throwing bit. And then on our final thing in our third year, in, when it was my that final thing that year. When we go to nationals, so there's the competition, the main competition, and there's all these various different age groups and everything. But there's also something called um, stunt group, and it's just the five of you, and yeah. you go out and you do no dance. No, dance is incorporated, but it's just the five of you doing a stunts on and on, continuously for two and a half minutes, and you get more points how m more and more f how many flyers you can get involved. Like so, mm. that if all five of you can go in the air, like that's extra points. If you can do like this particular yeah. move, that's extra points. And we secretly enter, and we don't tell the captain we're going to oh. do it. And we en and we enter, and we'd worked out this cannon formation because I was so off my count every time with the dance that we realised that if we just put me in the back, it would look like I was just doing it. 
at a different beat on purpose as opposed to the fact that I couldn't do it. Oh. <laughs> and we do this routine um, and we win. And we win. <laughs> Tessa! And we win. And I've known you for 10 years and I've never heard this story. <laughs> I don't ever really talk about cheerleading. I think it's because it was like, it's so shameful, but it's like, it was such a pure part of my university experience. And like, these girls, like, we we like had such an intense and pure and like we laughed so much. I think it's because we were all, su- it was a real underdog thing for the five of us. And we, and we win. We win at nationals. Oh my God. You have to pitch that. <laughs> you have to pitch no one's ever done a British cheerleading story before and um, Florence Pugh I'm sure is available so <laughs> is she British? yeah oh she's doing a stonking American accent isn't she's, she? she's doing a great job I'm good really, for her I'm really pleased for her uh, Florence Pugh absolutely I think that is the, that's the body of a gymnast yeah I, oh, whenever I see her she looks like she should be being thrown into the air absolutely she's tight she's pulling up she's, yeah. she's doing it Back to bring it on. Please. <laughs> but like that was a valuable and relevant segue. <laughs> because I, do, I just, wow, I see you in a whole, I can't believe you guys all grinded together in one. Yeah. yeah. Wow. <laughs> I love that. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com I want to uh, talk about talk about because we didn't touch on her very much, and in fact, you don't see her that much in the film. But you feel her always, <gasps> Gabrielle Union's character, okay, which is Isis. Mm-hmm. She is like if the Statue of Liberty were a person. Like she's just, it's like she doesn't have like when you see her moving. It's like she's just a floating, and she's just, but she's so beautiful. And she's just so full of just integrity. Mm-hmm. And I know I keep using that word. And nobility. And she's just like, there's something about that presence on screen. And I think part of it is that she was actually older than most of the other actors. Yeah, she's like they, 30. Yeah, she's like 27. And yeah. the rest of them are, are the ages they're supposed mm-hmm. to be, really. And like, I just think it is one of the best mm-hmm. performances in like in, in the teen movie canon. Because like, she's not scary, but you are afraid of her. Yeah, but also you would, you would follow her into hell. Like you, you would, would follow her into hell. You'd do anything she asked of you. Like yeah. you want her. She she embodies what it was to be a captain. Yes, of being like she's leading this team, and I guess that meeting her is the first time that Torrance is like, okay, that's what a captain is. Yeah, because that's, that's it. it she doesn't have any. Um, Torrance has no role models. Because Big Red is a is a false role model. Her boyfriend's a false role model. They're all just corrupted by this constant hunger to win and winning at all costs. That's so wise. <laughs> a false role model? That's exact... Oh, my God. <laughs> are, you, are you identifying all your false role models? 
Maybe. <laughs> so tell me some more things. <laughs> tell me more. Tell, yeah, and like she, like there's no. It's like there's this. Um, actually, it reminds me a lot of. I don't know if you ever watched Drag Race. Mm-hmm. Do you? Enough, I hope to keep up. There's with this conversation. There, there, yeah, there is an all stars segment of the competition mm-hmm. where like all of the former contestants come back and it's supposed to be like the best of the best but the the, the twist with all stars is that you can you vote out your fellow competition I mean, you for the, you um if you win the challenge that week you then get to decide who goes home <gasps> no so it's a real survivor element and like you and the, the, the you choose between the two bottom performers that week and obviously it gets very heated because it's like well I've been doing really well all along and I just I just stumbled this week and so and so is basically the donkey like is like people keep keeping her in because they know she's not competition <gasps> It's very exciting. Stop. And oh every God. every week, whenever that, and basically it's that, like every week or every other mm. week, it's like somebody who's great competition. And um, they always say the same thing to the person who has the power that week. It's just like, well, do you want to beat the best? <sighs> do, do you, do you want to win? Do you want to be, do you want to really win? Do you want to beat the best kind mm. of thing? And I find that like, a, it's just a very exciting concept. And it comes to this brilliant it's such brilliant writing and it's all done so quickly and with very few minutes donated to screen or lines of dialogue dedicated to it which is um, they find out that the, the Clovers can't go to mm-hmm. Daytona because they don't have the money um, and all, again a subtler conversation because not many people were having it at the time there's no like big explainer of like well Compton is a blah 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 and like they can't do you know it's like yeah, we all just get it we get it we do get it and um, and it trusts the teenage audience to also just get it yeah and it also puts a new kind of relevance on chance like that's all right, that's okay. You're gonna pump our gas one day. Oh my goodness! Absolutely. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like like these are the richest children in the country, yeah. you know. Um, and so she she says you know, to the team, you know, that's no, it's not real winning if we're not being the best. Um, she goes to her father. She gets his company to sponsor them, and then she goes with the check to um to the Clovers where they are writing a letter to like a local talk show host mm-hmm. called Paul Letta, who I love. Pauletta. And it's the best, like, it's like, you know how Judy Dench wins Best Supporting Actor for the Queen Elizabeth mm-hmm. I role in Shakespeare mm-hmm. in Love? It's like, mm-hmm. that's the best supporting actor moment. It's like three minutes of screen time and I believe Paul Letta's reach. Oh, absolutely. To the point I was like, I was, I wonder if Pauletta is a real... Yeah, I assumed it was like a fake thing, but like, like but maybe. No, no, it's not. It's, it's not. You it checked. is fake, but... It, it it makes you be like, oh, that must be a real yeah, person. Just, you know, you believe yeah, her you 100%. Just, you believe her 100% and you believe the existence of the world and there being a wish day and stuff. And yeah, you believe it to the point that I was like, that's a real show. Yeah, that's <laughs> a real show. And also that happened. Yeah. It's like, that, uh, that's a real show. And that, that's the thing, that happened. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. Absolutely. It's um, And then... Yeah, so they're drafting this letter all together as a team. I just, I just love seeing that team together, and I wish I, we knew them better. Do you know what I mean? Oh, the small one. I just, I want, I love the small one so badly. The one who really wants to fight everyone. Yeah, I thought she was amazing. I'm oh. amazed. Like I, with all the sequels they made, they just didn't do the same. The Clover's actors. Yes. Get, yeah. Why not? Well, that's the thing. And I truly sometimes I late at night I do think about writing to Beacon Pictures to be like you've set the bar so fucking low. Can I submit and bring it on because these are dre- these are dreadful. Whereas like the world was there for you. There's so much you totally. could have done. There's so the world was there. Yeah. Um. And but then it, and and it's weird because like you're 
I mean, you and I specifically are are white viewers, mm-hmm. <laughs> like watching it, and we're like, and we're um following Torrance the whole way. So we're like, oh, she's doing the right thing. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. She's do- doing, and she's done the right thing. And this is about the pursuance of the right thing. And then Gabrielle Union, Isis, just rejects it. Mm-hmm. And you're like, she's like, and it's basically, it's it's the film saying to the audience, this is not a white savior film. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And it's so, because pa- you don't actually see it coming. I didn't see it coming at no. all. No, absolutely not. I was like, there's not even any discussion with the team. There's no element of like, yeah, yeah just take the money. Like, there's yeah. no, it's like, absolutely not. This yeah. is, that is not what it means to be a leader. Oh. And it's, and, and then when she you says, You do not oh, take charity from your competition. It's to like, soothe their conscience. To soothe their conscience when she's like, oh, so you can sleep better at night? Like, so that your yeah. your guilt, your your white guilt is is better? Like, it's like, no, I'm going to go. And then, she's yeah. like, and then she does the whole, the bring it line. Oh, like, but more of the, t- I mean, the title, like, it's become like almost a thing. It's like, yeah, bring it on, you know, bring it on kind of thing. But then when she actually says it, yeah. it's like, just don't go easy on us because you feel sorry for us or because you feel guilty that you stole from us. Like, when you, you better bring it. Yeah, you better bring it. My, oh, oh my god uh, I want, and then and then it is a, it's a line that's pastiched over and over again like oh it has been but rotten and whatever <laughs> but like at the time I think it, you know it hadn't been done bef- it hadn't it didn't feel a pastiche it felt as powerful as it was intended yeah <laughs> it's a powerful film it's just God. like like I, I love this genre of movie but there there is kind of no doubt really that the majority of them even like Something that has a lot of like feminist overtones, mm-hmm. like Ten Things I Hate About You. I'm saying that Ten Things I Hate About You a lot because people request that. That's the other big teen movie that's always requested on this podcast. That you've never done. That I ha- I'm just not that interested okay. in it. I understand. I guess I don't want to fake it for people. I understand. You know, <laughs> like I just don't care that much. I respect you. Thank you. <laughs> um, it's got a lot of feminist overtones, but it is essentially about it's a love story. They're all love stories, and it's just like kind of alarming to watch something that, that has a love story in it it's a subplot but in the same way that like The Devil Wears Prada has a romance mm-hmm. romance subplot it is about teenage girls experiencing creativity integrity teammanship like loyalty mm-hmm. towards one another mm-hmm. and that there's just not values that are celebrated for teen girls in their movies not then anyway not then I don't think now like I don't know if, if we're doing them I worry that like there's just such an incredible what a, we were very lucky to have this like huge bank of teenage movies when we ourselves yeah. were teenagers that I'm not sure and maybe that's just because we're not teenagers right now so we don't we're not as yeah. finger on the pulse as what's coming out but like it felt like the teenage experience was being writ large by Hollywood for us to consume yeah. in a way that I don't know if it is now and if it is it's being done by people who went through that and so are writing about a sort of different experience it's so upsetting and this is more like a comment on teenage movies at that time anyway mm. that were where everyone was played by people who look like Kirsten Dunst it's like you really get this sense because you were just like this horrible claggy creature in a school uniform mm. and they were just so impossibly beautiful and every time you looked at them you felt like you were somehow failing <laughs> as, yes. a teen- as being a teenage girl in some way which maybe was part of the reason why I didn't come to this as a young person but that I really like it now because it can't hurt me anymore Oh, gosh. Gosh. <laughs> gosh. I can, yeah, okay, okay. What, everyone was so beautiful in it, you couldn't, it wasn't, you didn't feel like you were welcome on the team. Yeah, maybe that was it. Mm. But now I understand. It's about everyone being on the team. That's so nice. The gay stuff is interesting, huh? <laughs> oh, it certainly has some moments where you think, oh, gosh. Oh, 
gosh. Oh, gosh. Let's, a lot of oh, F slurs going oh, around. Oh, too many of those in a way that you're like, and it was totally fine, was it, in 2000, just to say it, just to say that? Well, the thing is, so the director has defended his use of it. Okay. Um, and there are two F-bombs in the uh, movie. The first one is uh, the, the kind of a, an interesting sort of subplot. It's not even a plot. It's more just a motif kind of thing of the um, the football players of, of the school who are a useless team mm-hmm. um, constantly bullying the boys who are on the cheerleading team. Yeah. And the kind of the irony of it is being like, these boys are the incredible athletes who are winning trophies for their school, whereas the football players who are homophobic and constantly using the F word, um, they are totally mediocre, like mm-hmm. less than mediocre. And that's kind of a funny... And they um, they sort of torment those guys with it, who are very much our guys and we're on the team with them, you know? Yeah. We love them. Um but and I think that's just that the director said like that was like that I just wanted to be realistic, that's what would happen. And I was like, Yeah, fair enough. Um and then the second is that like <laughs> they're all driving to some night game <laughs> and Eliza Dushku's character, Missy, is like, Do you speak fag? Yeah. It's and you think, Oh gosh. What on it? Gosh. Wow. Yeah. Um and it's said with real surprise when I was like, I thought we'd set up his character clearly that he is a gay gentleman. Yeah. And so when she's just, and it's not done meanly, just excitedly with no, she's not, Yeah. she's neither, has an opinion on it in neither direction. Problem that she's surprised. Um, but to, you, to use that phrase feels wild. It's wild. wild. And in that same car journey, the straight one reveals that when he lifts the blonde girl into the yeah. air, he fingers he her. He fingers her. <laughs> Which, I don't even know how that works with your arm. Like, Well, they're sat, in what they're doing, you're sat, your bottom would be like on the palm of your hand. Right, like right, this. right. So he's insinuating that under her spanks, her, her cheerleading pants, she hasn't got any underwear on. So then you're like, right, well, that that's irrelevant. Like, you've still got... That's what are you talking about? So then he's sort of while he's holding her up with one hand, he's going to put his fingers inside her spanks and into her vagina. Right, and he definitely implies that he does that, and she a lot, a lot, and that yeah. she has not clarified that she would like that. You know, like so it's like oh heavens, oh heavens, oh gosh, oh wow. And I think, that's uh, but the- there is like some flirty, winky eye contact between the two of them, and I do enjoy the idea that like this is their little secret thing. Yes, I think <laughs> I think it definitely. When you do see him do it, or it's implied he does it, and when she sort of comes down from the stunt, it's like, <laughs> which, but even then I'm like, is a kind of sexual dynamic I can see a teenage girl getting embroiled in, right? being like, oh, she doesn't want to talk about it, but it's a thing we do. But I'm like, that to me feels so written by a man, yeah, of yeah. being like, just putting a bit of your finger up their front bottom. That's <laughs> what la- bottom. that's what ladies like. Whereas I'm like, they don't like they don't that. Like that. This is another thing that leads me on to something else. <laughs> they yeah. don't like that. They don't like that. But what they do like is little secrets. They, that you make a fine point. Just a bit of, you're absolutely right. A little yeah, bit of yeah. touching, a little bit of something, something. Yeah, but yeah. I think the implication that like that's a, you're right, maybe it doesn't come across that that's a sexy feeling so much as just like, it's dumb and sexy between them and it's yeah. a little thing that yeah. they do. No, I don't for a woman think that it's like physically enjoyable or even happens for very long. I just think it's their little thing. Okay. Okay, I can't. <laughs> That's my canon because I don't want it to be upsetting. I don't want to bring upsetting no, feelings I don't to think bring it, it on. You're absolutely right. She definitely is not upset by the experience. No. <laughs> but I just thought it was an odd thing to be you know, like. I'm not here to kink shame her, you know? Yeah. And I think also like people are watching it being like, what are you talking 
talking about? What are you talking Where about? Where is your hand in this setup? <laughs> anyway, please, what does it bring you on to? Um, this bring movie. it on to. Oh, oh, very good. See that. Um, this came out the year after American Pie. Okay. And I think you can feel it sometimes. Mm-hmm. and Because I, I think, like, I, don't, I really don't like those movies. Um, but, like, it's like... Teenagers gross, and it's like very like South Parky kind of thing of like teenagers are disgusting, teenagers are hypersexual and weird, and it's all kind of very explicit, like sexual acts and <laughs> kind of thing. Mm-hmm. There's like an element of that, and bring it on that that bumps me out of it. Does it bump you out of because it? Because there is no sexual element. Because it feels like a, it feels like they had a, and I don't say, I don't know if this is true, that they had this like great movie about teenage girls and sport and teamwork and integrity and friendship and all this kind of stuff and then they went back for reshoots be like okay yeah but we want to make it for everybody we want to make sure that the boys go see it too and so like there's like Kirsten Dunn's little brother character who I hate I actually think he's very funny really the bit where the bit where he farts I see is really that bit I really like but there's other bits where I'm just a bit like oh I don't like this for listeners, um, he's she's very busy and very stressed trying to be on the phone. He's like, listen, listen, I've got to tell you something. And she's like, go away. And he's like, listen, God, listen, normally I would just be listening on the phone and trying to annoy you, but this is so important. And so you're like, she's like, what? Fine, tell me. And he sort of jumps up on the couch and farts in her face. I'm that sorry. Is, that bit is so funny. It's the pinnacle of humour. That's true. I hate him in the rest of the film. Why? But um, I just, annoying, horrible and But I think ugly. he's so real. He's so No, right. He's, you're right. He's so real. But that fart, that fart bit is so I funny. I think he's very funny. I like him. But you know what I mean? There's other like very American pie moments where they kind of flip to the male characters for a bit. It's very like bro-y and weird. And I'm just, I just don't know. Mm, which bits? And it's like all the bit where like the, the one of the guys is like stretching out one of the yeah, guys' yeah, hamstrings. Yeah. It's, like, it's like, oh, and the certainly. car wash scene as well. It feels like, Sorry. oh, this isn't for the girl gaze this was meant for. This is very much. It turns out when you've been like, what about those scenes? I'm like, I don't know what you're talking about. It turns out I've repressed them. <laughs> Every <laughs> scene that isn't explicitly about cheerleading. I'm just, like, ah, it's just a grey blur. But you're absolutely right. The, the stretching one is definitely a core moment of them being like, maybe we should join the team. Like, that feels yeah. very, yes. And the. The car wash, even though the characters sort of call it out, in Missy's character is like, "I'm making good honest money, getting making making fifteen dollars for guys to oogle my goodies." Mm-hmm. You're like, just because you know doesn't mean it isn't in this movie. In uh, yeah, very, yeah. We're all washing each other under a hose. That's it. You're right. There is a, there, it is certainly it's a two thousand movie, and yeah. American Pie was absolutely there and I guess couldn't be ignored of like this is what American teenage movies were about you, you make fine points you make fine points that it has this, moments of real thorn of being like oh god yeah mm. yeah and I think maybe because I'm looking and but the thing is these were movies that were made for very big audiences and then when like a, a big streamer makes a very specific little thing that's just supposed to be for me mm. I don't like it <laughs> generally mm. I don't generally want it so maybe I'm just you know, damned if you do, damned if you don't. Yeah. Maybe I'm just a little bitch. <laughs> You're a little cheer um, bitch. A moaning little bitch. Um, <laughs> let's... Uh... <laughs> That's another thing. Like, it's got these amazing bits of like, this is not a cheerocracy. This is a cheer-tatorship. <laughs> that, the again, to shit on the next six movies. But they sort of were like, that's done with such... It's such a stupid thing to do and it's done with a lot of heart and yeah, class. Yeah. And isn't overdone. 
you know, that you call something a cheerocracy. Very funny. Whereas the other movies all just do it to such an extent. You just pick words that like can't yeah, that, possibly be it. That the characters seem like genuinely brain dead. Yeah. Yeah. It's, totally. And and it feels like they do sincerely use the word cheerocracy. Whereas to I can't think of anything else, but like, you know, this is like don't make me don't make me force a word together. But like there is feels like the other ones sort of took what they thought was nice about this movie and like made yeah. and did more of it. But you're like, no, oh, that you've missed it completely. I think a film that took a lot of um notes from Bring It On is Pitch Perfect. A hundred percent. It's something I was really thinking of when I was rewatching it, of mm. being like, this it really set the mark out of like how you make these movies. Yeah. And I think lots of other movies have gone on to try and do a similar thing, which is like, can we take a classic underdog sports movie, add real stakes in, and yeah. then can we set it against a thing that's not maybe obvious, often done, like cheerleading or yeah. a acapella singing or lawn bowls or, um, you know, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. You know, that we... The, a big sort of group sort of started ushering in of being like let's have this let's see this world yeah. but this story played out against it but Pitch Perfect absolutely does largely sort of beat for beat yeah bring it on 100% in a, and in a way yeah. I'm like I don't mind it I don't it. care I like it I don't care at we like all. formulas for a reason and then and then Pitch Perfect once again did they learn from the seven other bring it on movies no they did not no. they kept making it and were like oh people like this and this and this I'm like no yeah. they don't people like that there was a doughy pizza base and then they enjoyed this cheese, but you can't just have yeah. the cheese. The difference with Pitch Perfect being there there was endless sort of like merchandising opportunities because those soundtracks could sell, then they could stream right. them on Spotify. There yes. was like an endless world for them. Um, uh, one thing we haven't spoken about yet is the... Um, oh, it's like... There's just so much in this film. When they hire the choreographer to come in, and yes. there's this, we haven't even mentioned we it. haven't even mentioned him. Mm-hmm. And then it's like the most hilarious scene. It reminds me of the Mr. Sepp scene in Spice World, and <laughs> yes, and uh, it introduced the term spirit fingers to the world, which Gorgeous. I feel like it's still in the lexicon. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, and then they do their, they go to nationals or whatever, and the school just before them do the, the exact same routine that's the thing you do not see anything Any, coming no like you really you, for as formulaic as it is for it being an underdog story the beats are all surprising huge surprise like that is and it's masterfully done as well the reveal of that they've stolen this routine mm. like that their music starts while they're on camera to somebody like it's like yeah. this is exquisite <gasps> storytelling that where she's doing an interview about like yeah we're really excited to see what the other team do and she's here. already and she in hears, a panic and you know and I'm like no no what's happened and it doesn't just tell you outright anything it like lets you have to pick up the pieces of of what's gone on like and and that routine being so funny and so that's like so well done that routine because it's a big ask as a choreographer not Sparky Palowski within the movie but whoever did the choreography outside mm-hmm. of the movie to be like this needs to be something that you can believe a choreographer made up but yeah. it's also very funny without ever being purposefully funny like, yes we need this to we need to be laughing at them and it'd be just keep at this side of the line that this team would legitimately have agreed to do it. Yeah, it's so true. Because there's all these like bonkers little modern dance things yeah. of like the dead arms the and dead all that arm. kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. 
the thrust, the bits, the thrusting, and they're giving it their all. Whereas, like, it could be if they had gone to one step more, it would be like, of course, the team would never agree yeah. to do that. Like, you believe that they did it. You believe that you would be in a practice room nailing it and be like, wow, we're really breaking through to a new kind of form. This of, is like, cool. Expression. Yeah, this is cool. Yeah, that even if you're maybe in your gut, you're like, is this a good routine? <laughs> you're like, you wouldn't. No one would be putting their hand up to be like, this is. No one would have said it, and you believe that no one said, yeah, this is bad. <laughs> You know, because yeah. they, they didn't have enough time, and here it was, and, and, they, the guy, and they've had to raise two grand. Yeah, to they've raised pay two sparky. grand, and, and an adult man has come in and with total confidence and, and abused like, them and abused them. <laughs> and you're like, this is a good routine. So you're like, yeah, okay, it's so well done. Yeah, that they're up in that because it's so naff what they've come up with. Like they're in this circle, and then they're going round on the top, like in this sort of robotic way, but without it being like clearly a space homage or something. And then they're also like looking out <laughs> behind each other, and that's the thing. It's it's good. It's good dance work. What they're doing is good it's just so it's so it, shit. it's just so bad it's so bad you know so the joke isn't that they're bad at it the joke is oh it's lovely it's really well done it's, it's, it's the so, whole thing is so well it's done so, it's, everything and also oh. everything pays for itself you know because mm. the, the, immediately after that and they bring on is a great example of a movie i think if you're a screenwriter because almost every scene is doing several things it's like 100%. it's like serving several different plot points mm-hmm. so there's this thing where Torrance then is talking to like some administrative judge guy or whatever mm. about everything that just went down and you're only hearing like bits like of the conversation where he goes obviously I think the line is something like obviously we had a profound sense of deja vu watching your routine da, 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 and there's no um there's no precedent for this and it's just frowned upon da, da, da. and then meanwhile Missy and her brother are like she's like don't don't go over there and he's like I'm gonna go over there I'm gonna go over there yeah. and he's like Torrance hey and she's just like shoots him back the most like horrible like don't 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 don't, don't. Yeah. and then it kind of we go back to the conversation and it rounds off and like but obviously because you're reigning champions you have a bid at Daytona anyway and that yeah. sentence and it's like oh yeah of course that sentence just solves every plot point or concern or everything is like you have automatic guarantee to finals yeah. but if you use this routine again so it like gets you it means they can have like total disaster like yeah. absolute crash and burn but no they can go that they can yeah. go on again, like as a as a plot device, as a piece of storytelling. You're like, oh, exquisite, mwah, mwah, mwah. I know, and it shouldn't be believable because, like, to have a character that you've never seen before walk up to the screen and be like, that didn't count actually. Exactly, it should, like, it you sh- should feel like looted by that, and you don't, and you don't exactly. That's the thing. And like, and when and other films have struggled to have that moment of like, we've crashed and burned at regionals in whatever you know, if it's dodgeball, if it's whatever, it's yeah, you know, yeah. What is the reason we're now allowed to progress? Yeah, yeah. To nationals, and and then I think and some people do it with just both feet out (laughs) you know laughing with the audience be like this is obviously absurd anyone who tries to like make it believable you're like "Uh uh-huh and I (laughs) and often I think people are guilty of trying way too hard to find that reason that they're allowed back in yeah whereas it's just done just elegant elegant the whole thing oh my god it's elegant And, and every scene like it's so rich like oh my god it's such a great line when she's like the thing about the spirit stick and the the thing and she's like you're not going to Hades and they're like look around we're in Hades like you know they go to the tournament the use of the phrase Hades like why would you not say hell it's Hades is so much funnier it's so much funnier Hades it's so great there's like so much like never explained we're just we're moving on and we expect you to keep up and when we go in there you truly are looking around and you're like yeah pause 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 I want to see every team I want to see everyone's routine the girls that are praying the girls that are doing this oh the girl that vomits in her teacher's face the girl with the blood all over her face and they're like let's, let's go, go find, find your tooth. tooth you know like it's 
<laughs> there are these like amazing lines come, that are given to you know characters we never see again you know and 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 it's so fucking rich in a way that a tournament like that would absolutely be yeah. and it's moving at this speed that you're like I want to see everyone I want to know about every character I want to know about you guys praying and what, what's your deal and oh, you know what's their deal let's go find your dude like it's that's it's so oh god it's and then so they well just done. and like they had all those little those people set up and then they just threw it all away mm. who wait who? Just, with the sequels <laughs> do you know what I mean oh god a hundred percent whole believable world and then they just threw it all away <gasps> well I know we're coming to the end but may I give one final smack down okay. one one final cheer smack um, which is to the Lin Manuel Miranda musical so unbeknownst to the the writer of Bring It On, uh-huh. who was then not used for any of the other things, the production company just really absolutely. So she's she's no longer part of any of it. Wow. So and what? I guess if her, I guess maybe she'd want to be. Maybe I guess a own decision. She was like, "This is a story I wanted to tell, and I yeah. don't see any reason to carry on." Um and and so, but the production company were like, "We're going to make these straight to DVDs mm-hmm. numbers." Then they owned the production company. There was actually a lawsuit when they sold the rights to the musical mm. because she was not credited. Yes. in it and I think it was it's just in the same way that it's like bring it on all or nothing bring it on fight to the finish bring it on cheer or die this was just bring it on colon the musical right. and I think what people didn't realise is it was simply set in the world the cinematic universe uh, yeah. of cheerleading and was going to be about any old shit you know, oh, I see. because I think what people certainly when I heard that as a musical by Lin Manuel Miranda, I was like, I lost my goddamn mind, yeah. and I was seriously considering flying to Broadway <laughs> to watch it. Because if you get that right, like to have if those get, sequences the, with song, with song, the idea of getting to see uh, in yeah. the room, you know, yeah. If I was in charge of that thing, I'd have them coming down the aisle. I'd have like yeah. I'd open with them flipping like down the bits, like uh, as I, I'm sure they do. But like, I I wanted to see the clovers do their routine yeah. the burr it's cold in here live and i would have gone i would have gone for a week and i would have gone every night <laughs> like that's how much i wanted it and then luckily i watched a bit of a documentary about it and saw some clips of it and it was simply a cheerleading oh, musical sort of trading off of the bring it on trading off of the bring it yeah. on trademark but not of the original film in a way that i think is the m- biggest misstep huge mistake huge misstep because people don't want that and i think it's because they got in a, in a row with the writer and she wouldn't allow them you know so yeah which uh, good on quite, her. Quite, quite rightly yeah she should have been like no i want to be let me do this because, yeah oh my god if they got it right it would have run i'm i'm telling you i would have flown and to broadway and, and gone seven nights out of a week yeah. like we wanted to see it so badly it's so interesting to me always in culture when people don't know what they have mm. because like i think you're right i think people i think whoever owns so whoever owns the ip now clearly it's not jessica bending or she owns the original story i imagine mm-hmm. but the actual property itself belongs to the production company um you're right. They think that what people fell in love with was the cheerleading. Mm-hmm. And so they could just keep on firing that out of a t-shirt cannon and that people would take it. But it's like, no, it's like we loved those characters. Mm-hmm. They were very real. We loved them. And 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 it isn't enough to be like, it's a musical just about cheerleading. We're like, right, but who? No. What is it? What do you mean? I want Torrance. I want Missy. I want, I I want, want Isis. I want Missy. I want to see her do her standout backhand spring, round off. Back yeah, yeah. Spring, standing back tuck, standing. I want to see it all, you know, on the stage oh, every night, every night for a week. I don't want to see just some weird homage that is. Oh, I don't know. Anyway, yeah. so it feels like Beacon Productions. Please get in touch because I have a lot of opinions for you, um, and it absolutely does feel like they 
they did not know what it was they were trading with. And I and I I think what makes me upset about those six next movies and why I sort of talk about them quite a bit is I think that their that production company's handling of what they had yeah. speaks to this feeling that like oh it's just a, a cheerleading movie like who cares yeah you know it's nothing it's it's silly it's vapid it's nonsense um people will watch anything it's just short skirts and mm. you know any old shit and and let it yeah and and, let, and they want to get to nationals you know like, that's not it like don't it, it feels like it's that's this dismissive it. like oh it's just stupid it's a silly little thing that you like you're like it's not it's not it's not which like this is like something that um we talked about a lot in the Josie and the Pussycats episode Mm -hmm. which was shares a lot of DNA with Bring It On in that it was a movie for for young women for girls and young women that the people who were writing it absolutely valued the intellect of the of the of the viewership Mm -hmm. they Mm -hmm. they like they're like no 13 year old girls wanna hear and feel about like appropriation and integrity and racial divides and class consciousness they actually do want that they like meat on the bone like they want that stuff 100% and it's a similar thing all this very like complicated satire happens in Josie and the Pussycats and it's not that isn't intended as a wink wink nudge nudge for the adults watching that is absolutely for the 13 year olds you know and it's this thing like you like frequently just like making marketing things to a person that you don't respect mm-hmm. and they, that, that yes, breaks yes, my heart yes like it really upsets me marketing things to a person you don't respect yeah <laughs> oh my god that's it and i think it's also exactly what your podcast is trying to do to be like respect please. yeah respect it respect it don't dismiss everything people are so much smarter than you give them yeah. credit for and how dare you you the owner think think what you have is this when it's something when it's that it's something completely different and you've misjudged this so wildly because you have so little respect for it and for its viewership and why people love it it upset (laughs) you it would upset you wouldn't it just (sighs) anyway (laughs) i've loved this this has been really magical very cathartic really nice really nice we went in some places i didn't think we were gonna go yeah, we got we got Kalina in Canada. Yeah, we talked about Kalina. We talked about loads of stuff. Oh my goodness, lying, lying, <laughs> lying, coming right. together as a team, the whole thing. Let's get a bloody drink. Let's have a drink. Um, thank you so much for having me this and letting me talk about my passion. I've been badgering Caroline for <laughs> years to be allowed to come and talk about it. I know, and weird, I did put it off because I had this slightly sour, like. You memory know, of it memory of it mm-hmm, yeah mm-hmm. that I now realise was more about the people who in my class in my specific class of, of girls rather than the movie itself yes who took the pieces that were in the incorrect pieces and ran with them yeah and you're like those weren't the pieces those weren't the pieces why are you doing that anyway no we must go Tessa Coates <laughs> uh, uh, Nobody Panic a wonderful podcast that you host with Stevie Martin I do uh-huh. my show is at Soho in February then I'm also going on tour um so maybe I will come to your city. Okay. Perhaps. Where can we find that information? On my Instagram. At Wheat Pray Love. Like wheat. I had short-lived dreams of starting a gluten-free blog. Hello, Sentimental Garbage listeners. It's Tessa from the podcast. You've just been enjoying. I have some 
footnotes to this episode, if I may. I'm very sorry for not including them the first time round. I wrote them all in my notes and then we got so into talking about it, I forgot everything. So I'm recording this um, the next day and I hope you don't mind them being included. I think they're all quite good. So the first one is that the three girls who are the best friends with Gabrielle Union's character, Isis, um, have this amazing chemistry between them because they were, in fact, in a band. They were a girl group called Black, B-L-A-Q-U-E, which stood for believing in life and achieving a quest for unity in everything. Gorgeous. Um, they were cast in the movie. They'd never acted before. And all of their scenes had to be reshot several times because they delivered all of their lines directly down the camera lens. They were also very young. They were underage. And so they had to have their parents on set with them as legal chaperones. And Gabrielle Union, who, as we discussed, was much older, um, hung out with their parents. Adorable. So the sort of mother hen energy that she brings across is all um, completely real. So they were a band, and the smallest one, Janelle has this amazing line uh, right after we've met the Clovers for the first time, and they're coming outside to say, give us the tape back, and they're about to get into a fight. And she says, can we just beat these buffies so I can go home? I'm on curfew. And then later she says, you've been touched by an angel girl. Um, both of which are uh, in-jokes to the fact that Eliza Dushku's character was in Buffy. Oh, mwah, mwah, mwah. Okay, number two is that they shot the movie uh, over the summer in San Diego, and they also had to go to this very intense six-week cheer boot camp uh, training uh, where they learned all the routines and they learned to do stunts and everything, and it was a very intense, very punishing schedule. Um, and a lot of the cast were very young and were underage, and a lot of the cast were nearly 30. So <laughs> there was a, a clear divide between everyone, everyone really got on, everyone was great friends. Um, the characters who play uh, Wah 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 Whitney and Kukukuk Courtney, who are best friends in the show, uh, meet uh, on set, go on to be best friends, and Wah Wah Whitney was maid of honour at Kukukuk Courtney's wedding. Many years later, they're still great friends. Anyway, so everyone makes friends. Everyone's having this like very fun sort of summer camp experience. Many of the cast are very young, and then the other rest of them are quite old. Um, and one night after they have put the young ones to bed, so they've been out for a fun barbecue, then they put everybody to bed. Um, Eliza Dushku, Gabrielle Union, and Jesse Bradford, who plays Cliff, the love interest, drove to Tijuana, um, went out, got fucked up, uh, ended up in getting arrested and ended up in a Mexican jail. And Eliza Dushku had to bail them out. Uh, and then they drove back through the night and arrived on set, uh, ready to start filming at 7am the next morning. Oh, can you imagine? So Eliza Dushku's character was exactly as cool as she comes off in the show. And number three is that on her first day of practice after she's made captain, um, Torrance, uh, Kirsten Dunst's character, um, decides that they're going to do a wolf wall in training. And somebody says, what's a wolf wall? And somebody else says, only the hardest pyramid known to cheerleading and mankind. Um, and then Carver's, the character of Carver, falls out of the pyramid uh, and breaks her leg, which of course becomes the pipe for the movie because then they have to replace her and in comes Missy and we set all of the show in motion. Side note, um, when they're in practice, they're nowhere near doing a wolf wall. They're just in three very easy 
stunts, there's no way anybody should have fallen out of what that girl falls out of. And there's no way that she, no one would have caught her. It's outrageous that she breaks her leg falling out of that. And that's not Torrance's fault. That is on her basis. They should have caught her. And she shouldn't have gone face... Anyway, they try and do a wolf fall. And so that becomes her... The thing that she, you know, she breaks a girl's leg, etc. There, as they get to nationals, um, and they get to Daytona and they finish the routine, the move that they do right at the very end of the routine is the wolf wall pyramid. They all come together. It is incredibly difficult what it is they do. They do it. Um, but the entire team is involved in the pyramid. So you'll see that one character is just on somebody's shoulders right at the front and people are just like, um, a very small part of the pyramid that you maybe wouldn't normally have to do. But they've done it in such a way that the final move is everybody coming together, the whole team, after they've put this routine together of everybody's different interests and talents, and they've built it together, and then they make the pyramid, and the pyramid that they do um, is the one that she attempted in the beginning. And lo, the hero's journey, they come full circle. Mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com 